0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike, with me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds continued their winning ways with the 4 1 spanking the baby bulls. We're going to talk all about it. Let's go!
1: Everything has fallen into place.
0: Funky puts inside with this one. Oh, oh, Welcome back, Josh. Do you have something for us?
1: A proper candle. candle. (laughs) 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 I heard last week.
0: (laughs) Oh, the struggle was real last week. We missed you, man. How was uh, how was your trip?
1: It was good. It was good to get away. It took a week, long vacation to a house with a pool, and just kind of lounged around. Hung out with some people, played board games, uh, drank adult beverages, you know, victory beverages all around. It was fun. Nice, nice. So you can? You, do you feel refreshed? Yeah, yeah. I guess
0: <laughs> you, hesi- you hesitated. <laughs> I'm gonna guess that's a more of a maybe than a yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's still you. You like, come home, you're like, oh yeah, this is still going on, huh? Yeah, yeah. cool. Cool.
0: <laughs> I was uh, there, there's a woman that I work with. Um, her husband is a uh, an Air Force pilot. So for the past seven months, he's literally been on a cruiser and like he would fly routes, but he would always circle back and come back to the cruise. So he's basically been on an island for the past seven months. Well, he got back this weekend and he's like, this whole coronavirus thing is insane. Like he hasn't been exposed (laughs) to any of this, like having to wear masks or anything like that because you're on a boat. You're not going anywhere. So yeah, it's, it's still going on. It's, uh, it's interesting. (laughs) Kev, what's, uh. Nothing as earth-shattering as getting married this week.
2: <laughs> nah, no, I can't top that. Um, no, that, the only thing that, like, the only lockdown stuff that we're doing is since we kind of, not forced, but with the whole Hulu thing, you know, we kind of shifted into, into the Disney Plus thing, at least temporarily. And so we're just watching all the Star Wars from start to finish. And uh, we're on, we have one more to go. So uh, that's, been, that's been an experience.
1: Important question. Were you watching them um, chronological order? Uh, were you watching them um, release order?
2: Well, I, what, chronological. So we started with episode one.
1: Yeah, okay. So in-universe yeah. chronological. And did yeah. you include the other movies like Rogue One and Solo?
2: Not yet, just because we didn't know when. the Like,
1: we didn't dig.
2: Like, we didn't do gotcha. our research. Gotcha. Um, we'll, we're, we'll go back and watch. I, I know I've already watched Rogue One, and I really liked it. But we'll go back and watch Rogue One, and I haven't seen Solo yet. And I'll, yeah, we'll watch that, too. But...
1: I like them both. But yeah, it's, I just always curious how people watch the, the movies. Yeah. Real quick. No, it was great. I was going to say
0: real quick, I because, you know, we got to talk hounds here. But Josh, did you hear the rumors that uh, they might have signed Donald Glover up
1: for a Lando show on Disney Plus? That would be awesome. I feel like he was one of the best parts of Solo. So having him do a, you know, a Solo Lando uh, yeah. <laughs> show would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Donald Glover is ridiculously talented. (laughs) I I,
0: I was doing something. I don't know what we were doing in the kitchen, and and Redbone came on, and I was like, this is Troy from Community. Like, this is, (laughs) like, him. he would do Troy and Abed in the morning, and here he is singing Redbone. Like, yeah. No, dude's crazy, for sure. Um, Speaking of crazy, guys, the Hounds went back up against the Red Bulls for the second time in two weeks. And this time we walked away with a 4-1 victory after we lost, uh, basically, on a stoppage time PK goal the first time out. Um, here, we got the PK in the first three minutes. Basically, Mertz threaded a beautiful ball into the box to Mensa, who was taken down. It was clearly a PK. Uh, and Robbie stepped up and, and buried it. Robbie, who, by the way, many people pointed out on Twitter, arrived at the match wearing a Mongols
1: mask, which... Awesome. Did he really? Yeah. yeah, you didn't see that? I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. So we hey. how's tweeted out a picture of it. It, it. He's wearing a pirates uh jersey and a Mongols mask. Yeah, that that's sick. A, it was awesome. Pretty good it, Yinzer picture. And,
0: and, and in his left hand was all of the other masks that we sent him to pass out to the other players. So keep an eye out. That might be the good luck charm that it just so <laughs> happened that, you know, he wore the Mongols mask <laughs> and like he just like went in fuego on everybody. Um but yeah, so guys, obviously a huge win, a great three points. Um, it probably wasn't the prettiest way to get there. The second half much better than the first. But let's let's do some takeaways. Josh, you weren't here last week, so let's let's get your thoughts. What were you thinking about this one?
1: No, I was. I didn't know if who would be taking the PK when I first saw, like when they got the PK. I was like, oh, who's going to take it? And I was. Kind of surprised it was Robbie. I thought it would probably be, like, Mensa. um, Or or Kenny. Or Kenny, yeah, obviously, yeah. So, like, I was thinking, like, oh, it's probably going to be one of them. But when Robbie stepped up, I was pleasantly surprised, and I'm glad he was able to bury it. Uh, Didn't get the hat trick so close, but still. uh, Great game for him. Uh, Then uh, just a other takeaway kind of overall. Have you guys seen our goal differential now? Our goal differential is plus 13, out of what (laughs) uh, six matches yeah so uh, yeah in our group the lowest goal differential is philadelphia union with negative 14 and we have plus 13 (laughs) so that's a
0: 27 goal swing
1: (laughs) yeah hartford is the next one closest to us and they have a plus four goal differential so that's pretty good pretty
0: good I was going to say, playing Philly twice will do that, but getting yeah. four on New York will will help boost that as well. So Yeah, definitely. No, that's awesome. Kev, uh, give me a takeaway.
2: What do, you, what do you see in this one? Um, a really, I, I mean, it was a really solid performance. Uh, I'll start with the particular because I feel like our overall impressions of the game will kind of come out the longer we talk about it. I mean, I'll, I'll say it quickly out of the way. Yeah, it was a very controlling uh, performance over a really good team. You know, we limit... The Red Bulls to two shots on target, and and very little chances on top of that. So it was it was a very good controlling performance. I don't know if it's if I'm being honest. It didn't always feel like it was a four-one like performance. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't know if we were that much better than them on the night, uh, but we fully deserved the win. Um, I want to I want to quickly talk about like I think you yeah you have it on the agenda I'm stealing it here but but it was one of the points while watching the game I was like you know I really want to talk about this um how much I mean so Lily's always known for talking um we all know this he likes to coach from the sidelines um but there is a point and I think we brought it up we've, we've brought it up throughout Lily's time here there's a point where I I kind of want my coach to not talk as much as he is because you know you you want the players to be able to like know what they're doing without the coach having to intervene in the middle of the game and there were so many times where he was still coaching them on shape like now you have to get up you have to pull back you have to drop into space you have to make in the run run in the behind all this stuff is training ground stuff and it's it's a little worrisome that like he has to get his message across in this way. Like the player should be, you know, or or he's not, you know, Lily's not getting that message across clearly in, in training and they're not working on shape in that way or something. I don't know. But that, that was the, I think that was the only kind of stain on, on this game where it's just once again, and, and maybe in this match more than the others, because, I don't know, it, it seemed like the mic picked up Lily more this game than in previous games. But... He just he really talked a lot about shape with almost every player on 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 the field, and that was after a while. Like you know, and and he was right. Like I you know, but after a while, I was just like, all right. Like this, you know, you you want you want your players to know this.
1: So do you think this is a a just a fact that Lily has come from the old school USL, where it's a developmental league and it's a lot of young guys and it's a essentially developmentally where you're trying to teach them constantly on what to do. Um, And maybe that mindset is still there with him and will always be there with him where he's like constantly like, this is me trying to train my players. Uh, And also I I do think it's kind of interesting with no crowd. It is so much easier to hear him. And I'm wondering if like, I, I don't sit behind him at the grandstand during games. I, you know, I'm over, Pretty far away from him, and we hear him yelling every once in a while. But I'm wondering if it is even exasperated more now because of the fact that he can be heard <laughs> by his players. He knows, like, I field. Can, You
0: can hear me. I know
2: you can. Yeah, hear me. yeah,
1: yeah. But where before, like, it was always like I always felt bad for the players that were like right next to him, uh, you know, on that side of the field because they would be getting in the air full the whole time because he could, he could talk to them. They could hear him, and the players on the other side of the field couldn't really hear him, so they could ignore him and be, you know, safe. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, it's a good point. I, I, it, it's a, yeah, it brings the question of if, if in a fantasy world, you know, the Hounds played their perfect game, you know, would Lily be silent? And yeah, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to think that he would. Um,
1: no, I don't think so either. It. Yeah. I, I couldn't see him being silent. I, I would rather, like, a, I think another interesting question would be would they play the same if he wasn't talking? The whole, if he wasn't yelling at them the whole time, would they have played the exact same way? Um, how much is that actually helping or right. hurting the team? Like, I'm wondering if it has any effect at all, because once you're out there, you're kind of just focused on what you're doing, and I, I have a feeling a lot of the players just kind of, like, nod their head, okay, yeah, whatever, while they're out there, because they, they're, they you know, in the middle of the game.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, you almost feel but I, I was feeling bad, especially in the first half for Mensa. Um, first of all... I'm wondering, is Rapapa's nickname Ropa, which Lily keeps yelling, or is Rapapa just too afraid to tell Lily that his name is not Ropa? (laughs) Um, But he's clearly calling him Ropa. Uh, It it sounded like Lily was just on his case the entire first half, telling him, you got to get higher. You got to get into space. You got to push on those guys. And you start to feel bad. Like, is he picking on the guy? Like, what's going on? But, I don't know I I from memory I, he definitely said Ropa a lot but but hold on my point know. my point is that I think there's a lot of people who might think that and and I'm not suggesting that any of us are those people that suggest that Lily is intentionally too hard on these guys or um, maybe pushing them too hard but when uh Mensa scored if you look on the sidelines there was a clear shot of Lily Lily's celebration and legit joy for Mensa because he scored in that moment shows that this does not come from a, a place of, like, bullying. Like, he genuinely cares about these players and wants them to be better. And that's why he does what he does. No, um, I,
2: I never for a second thought it was anything else. Right,
0: right. No, but I'm just saying that I, I think that at times you could hear him harping on the same players over and over, and it's just like, man, give the guy a break. But, like, <laughs> you know, once when, when the player does what he does and it pays off, you could tell Lily's like, That's exactly what I was telling you, man. Like, congrats to you.
2: Well, but I don't know. Because I feel like a lot of what he was trying to communicate to to Mensa was more positional. Mensa's goal was just like, I'm better than you, New York defender. (laughs) And and I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, solo effort, fire this into the bottom of the net. It was very little tactical kind of, you know, that was just a man, you know, a man possessed. And and he's like, now I'm scoring here. So. I will say
0: Mensa's runs uh, on the few chances that he had, his runs off the ball are really, really good. Like the way that he can sort of tell where the ball's gonna go, and you could tell on his goal, he knew it was gonna drift over the shoulder. So while the defender was chasing the ball, Mensa was going the other direction. Mensa was going to the right, knowing where the ball was gonna be to create space. And on the in the first three minutes when he got pulled down in the box, his sort of overlapping run now Robbie's pass was amazing. But when Mensa turned to run, where Robbie played the ball, basically, I think it was off to Mensa's left when he was facing him, but Mensa's curling run to meet the ball was just like, there are moments that you see of this guy that it's just like, I I was trying to think about it, and I don't want to get too far off this topic in case you guys have anything else to add on Mensa, but um, we had talked a little bit mid-game, we were having some conversations about, oh, you know, Duba was dropping really deep, and it felt like him being deep was sort of disrupting the flow through the midfield and it was sort of stifling Kenny and Robbie and whatever and so I had mentioned that I almost prefer having one target player up top whether that be Mensa or Duba and if you have an att- an additional attacking midfielder in the middle for creativity and they can run off of things I feel like that could produce more stuff going forward than having this sort of Mensa with Duba underneath and then you sort of have the two guys on either side but with that in mind, we've seen flashes from Mensa where I don't know how you don't start him and you don't not start Duba. So, like, I, I don't think that that's a possibility. And even later in the game, especially in the second half, it felt like the, seven, the second half was all Mensa. Um He helped set up Robbie's second goal by basically dragging some defenders to him, finding uh, James in space. And then there was a moment where he was deep in the corner and had three Red Bulls on him and he took on all three of them and came out in the box with the ball. And it was just one of those moments. I have not had a moment like that with the Hounds where I literally put my hands on my head and I'm just like, oh my God! Like,
2: what he did
0: was like, you could see he was trying to do it and the fact that he came away with it was just uber impressive. But, um...
2: No, I think... on a, This might be slightly controversial, but um for me I mean Mensa is in my top three players of the season so far ahead of DeSantos I think if if, if, I think I'm putting Mensa on the team sheet before DeSantos right now even though DeSantos is like yeah goals per minute has to be ridiculous um but uh no I think he's been incredible it's it's not just his it's not just what he provides going forward it's yeah, yeah he's he's so tactically astute and I think even though, yeah, he was getting an earful about various positions that he was or wasn't picking up in the Red Bulls game. I, I think he's still very intelligent with his movement and he knows when to press and how to press. And I mean, it, in, a, in a season where a lot of legs aren't lasting a full 90, I mean, I think to be fair, Mentz's legs could be a bit stronger towards the end of the game as well. But I think yeah, he's, yeah, he, he has more of an engine than, than some other people on the field, too.
1: And a a reminder about who actually got the assist for Mintz's goal, that was Ray Lee. Mr. Ray Lee, uh, you know, getting the start, coming back on the team, and first game getting an assist. That's not too shabby. That's that's good to see. Look, raise your hand if you were surprised to see Ray Lee in the starting 11
0: when
2: that roster sheet came out. My hand's up. Yeah, my hand's (laughs) up. I was just waiting for Todd Pratsner to to do that as well. (laughs) We'll see him at some point this year.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I thought, you know, Ray Lee had a good game. I, yeah. we, there was a lot of discussions online about, like, you know, why bring back Ray Lee? And it was like, well, you know, when you start looking at depth, we have a decent number of center backs that can sort of step in. And there's a lot of discussion about how, well, okay, you know, playing on what? The left side, you have both Rivera and James that can sort of play the left side. On the right side, you you really have. Dover but we don't have a clear cut like second right back. I think Rivera could play right back. James could probably play right back so they could sort of swap around. It's
2: probably Rivera.
1: Yeah. But
0: at mm. the same time it was like well you know maybe you bring in Lee. He has experience. He knows Lily's system. He could be a good backup to Dover. You know if Dover needs legs or anything like that. Lily said heck with that. I'm starting him at center back and uh, we're just going to go for it. And I thought he had a decent game. Like he, yeah, for especially for not training with this team for as long as these guys have been together, he just stepped right in. And
2: to be fair, I, I think, um, along the back three in this system, I think Von Kyzeel still has a more challenging role mm-hmm. because, especially for, for how Lily was talking to Von you can you can tell. That's the leader on the back line. Mm-hmm. He he's he's trusting Vanquiezio to organize that back line to get everyone to kind of you know to communicate the message across and, and, and to be the leader back there. But him aside, I think the two I mean quote unquote center backs that flank either side of him, I would argue it's in these days that kind of system. You're not really you can you can you you don't have to be an out and out center back to, to play that position. Um, those are arguably the easiest. Roles tactically in this system to play, so I think Rayleigh kind of slotting in there, it made a lot more sense. I think he would have an easier time there than you know Ryan James or, or Dover on either side. I think that that position a bit more you know tricky to tricky to play. So um, no, it was it, so in in that sense, it, I think it worked really well. Um, not, not to change the subject too much but before I forget I, I, I want to mention I, I think it was my favorite moment in the game. It, it was so benign, but I have to mention it. There was a, there was a point where um, speaking of, of tactical shape, there, there was a moment where so you know we have three midfielders and then the wing backs on either side, Ryan James and Dover. And there's a point where the ball was on Ryan James's side of the field and Ryan James, starts to press and and close down a new york and a red bulls two player um he does that and lily starts yelling at him saying "No, no 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 that's not your man like that's that's kenny's man or whatever because at the moment kenny was on the left side of the midfield three when normally he's in the center so right after he does that Kenny looks around, finds Mertz, who he, like, temporarily switched with. And he was like, no, 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 you get over there. I'm going, about, I'm going back in the center. Because <laughs> Kenny was like, I'm not, I'm not closing down. No, he's like, I want to be in the center where I'm not pressing anyone. And I just, immediately, he looked around. He's like, Mertz, get over there. <laughs> like, I, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Speaking of Mertz, you know, we mentioned
0: dude had a field day. He got two goals. Um, He was all over tracking back. The announcers raved about him saying that he was by far the best player on the field. It dawned on me that, you know, we spend so much time talking about these two teams and how it's like, well, yeah, they're not great, but they're developing really young talent. And the hope is that this really young talent will move up and play in the MLS and eventually be good. And that has paid off in some regards for some of these teams. You know, Red Bulls, too, has been a very good conduit for talent, not only for the Red Bulls organization, but also for the U.S. men's national team and abroad. They've sent players out on transfers, and they've they've done decently well. Looking at this Red Bulls team, you know, I made the comment on Twitter, Mertz, Rivera, Griffin, I think all three of them would be all-stars on this Red Bulls 2 team. And these are three guys that are young. I mean, they basically are in either their first or second year with the organization out of college. Um, So, like, yeah, you know, we, we do give props to the Red Bulls for sort of doing what they do. But at the same time, there could be an argument made for finding the right talent and putting them in the right system to succeed. And they're going to have the better opportunity to have a better career than a lot of these younger guys that are just sort of plugged into a system. And then you sort of cross your fingers and hope. So, yeah. So I think somebody made the point that, you know, we really do have sort of the best of both worlds here and that we have a lot of veterans who are really good um, and bring a lot of consistency, but we also have a lot of flashy young guys that, I mean, we saw when Vilarde and Rivera both got subbed on within 30 seconds, the two of them teamed up for Velarde's goal. So, like, yeah, we're we're we have got it pretty good here right now. Um, not really a lot of room to complain.
1: <laughs> yeah, with I, I feel like with a coach like Lilly, he values players that are more like a group play. Like he, he, it's, he's not going out there and signing stars because he wants more of a system and that kind of gears towards younger players because he wants players who are you know he's able to shape more i guess and so i feel like with him coaching for the hounds we're always going to have a team that feels a little bit of a younger team as far as a mix because it's kind of weird because he likes that but at the same time he likes his veteran you know uh, players that have been with him forever and so it's it's kind of a nice mix between the two
0: yeah. I remember having the conversation with Toby where when Toby out of was here, he he made the point that like, look, it not that it takes a special kind of person to play for Lily, but there are definitely certain types of players that are drawn to Lily's system. Kevin Kerr mentioned it as well, that he thinks that, you know, Lily is a proper manager. And I think that when he finds players that sort of he get or that get him, and understand the system, and they gel well together personally, um, then they tend to thrive, and he tends to want them back. And so you see a lot of these guys like Kenny, James, Dover, Gomez, that are all coming with him, Duba, from Rochester, because he knows they have that experience. And then, Josh, to your point, yeah, then you start trying to find young guys that don't have this predisposition for, like, You know, I'm only going to play for this kind of guy, or I have this idea of how these teams are going to be run, and you sort of shape and mold them into what you need them to be. And thus far, he's had some
1: success doing that. To be fair, I believe Kerr said gaffer. Well, Uh, he did did, (laughs) say gaffer. I'm sorry.
0: God, I miss Kevin Kerr. Um, (laughs) We need to call him up and just be like, Kevin, what you been doing, man? What's going on? Yeah. Um, one of my other takeaways, and we've already sort of talked about this a little bit, but the fact that Lily was talking so much and you could hear him, like, passively through the... Just mic him up. Like, the, the <laughs> announcers started talking about what Lily was saying and be like, oh, yeah, he's definitely right. It's like, just let us listen to him. Like, I know he'd have to censor himself, but, like, you know, it on a one-second delay and have somebody, somebody sitting there with a beeper and just, like, bleep out anything that he says that's, that's unacceptable. But, like... How how much more enjoyable would the game be if you could listen to Lily the entire
2: time versus the announcers? I don't know. I want that to be like a paid package because there are some times I
1: do not want to hear. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah. uh, like a, a closed caption thing that you right. turn off and on <laughs> yeah, as yeah, you want yeah. to. Uh, yeah, there are definitely moments. And uh, this time he got a little bit too rambunctious for the refs and he ended up getting a yellow card. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it's always a fun time when you see the the coach get a yellow card. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was really harping on the refs and for good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh there were a lot of times in this game where it felt stop and go, stop and go, because the refs were just calling everything and just kind of not letting the game develop. And yeah, I believe what was his line? Something about uh, you know, quit quit uh giving card or calling the or blowing the whistle based off the, the player's reactions. Yeah. Instead yeah. of the play on the field or something like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it was Tolkien, especially towards the end for uh, for Red Bulls that was just falling on the ground for everything, and it was just like, just get up, like you're fine. But you know, again, way, people say there, the same thing about the, Duba. So,
2: <sighs> what was the what was the reasoning for why it was Red Bulls announcers for this game? It was it. It's
0: not. It wasn't Red Bulls announcers. I think what they've been doing is they've been calling the game out of Tampa. So basically, and... we don't have announcers in the box. Um, and so they, instead they just have announcers in Tampa calling all of the games and that's just how they're doing it. So, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah.
1: It's very sad. It's, I want, it's very sad. I want Geica back. So well, that... has, has
0: Geica <laughs> been doing stuff on discord?
1: So yeah, what geica has been doing for us is, uh, he's not calling the games cause he's not allowed to, uh, it's against the league protocol. Like you can't unofficially announce a game uh and have it out there for the public uh so the hounds will get in trouble he would get in trouble it would be a bad scene so he doesn't do that but what he has been doing is he'll get on 15 minutes before the game and do a little i believe he keeps on calling it the steel army radio show and uh, because he's just on the steel army discord we gave him a voice chat channel that only he can talk in so everyone else just joins it and listens (laughs) Nice. And uh, he just gives a little radio breakdown of, like, you know, what he, you know, his pregame. And then at halftime, he'll jump on and do a halftime show. And then after the game, he'll do a post show on his, uh, his YouTube channel. So he has, like, his own post show. But for pregame and for halftime, he jumps on Discord and does a little thing. So it's, it's been pretty cool. It's, a, it's very professional sounding. It's so funny because every time I listen in, I'm like, this is, like, a real radio show feel and like yeah. it's just on our discord channel
0: <laughs> you see him like sitting in his dining room like just talking to
1: you <laughs> <laughs> no if you seen the guy like set up when he does uh the press stuff he has like a banner in the back of his uh seat that's yeah. like looks very professional he's on a actual like restort I think yeah
0: no I listen Matt I know that you take it very seriously and I did not mean to disparage your efforts (laughs) in that in any way I was just making a joke no we respect everything (laughs) you're doing over there but wait a minute so you're basically saying that if we decided to somehow live stream our thoughts like say we just did like a YouTube live stream at the same time as the hounds game and we just happen to be commenting on the hounds game then the league could like come down on us for that
1: no, I feel like since we're doing it and we're not officiated with, or uh, ah, okay. official with the league or with the, the club, gotcha. that it would be okay. But since he is the official announcer for the Hounds, like he can't just go rogue yeah. and do his own announcing because uh, that could jeopardize his contract. Well, that's bull <laughs> <laughs> It is what it is. I understand, I guess. But yeah, you, you know he wants to. He's, he says much. He would love to do it, but unfortunately he can't.
2: Yeah. a a, a small little thing to point out here Um, so i'm looking at the stats the game stats for the game um and counting up so there's a total of 35 fouls and a total of seven corners if you add all of that up and just look at stoppages of play based off of thousand corners alone ignoring throw-ins that means you have a stoppage of play approximately every two minutes now, if you add in you know throw-ins and everything, this was a very stop-and-start game. Oh, yeah. it, it never really got a chance to flow. I, w- I, w- it, I remember like f- having that feeling throughout the game, mm-hmm. but I the stats really back that up. Now it's you know just from just from fouls and, and corners alone, it's a stoppage of play every two minutes. Um, let alone all the thrones uh, that I don't have. <laughs> and you absolutely today. have to
1: add in the two hydration breaks, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that take place. So yeah, there's... oh yeah, that
2: cuts down time probably even more. Yeah, it's... yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we had mentioned the
0: first half was definitely. I, I think I made the comment. If you aren't following us on Twitter or following whatever the hashtag is for the game, I highly recommend it, especially since everybody's home now. Um, but basically, while the game is going on, we'll be having conversations on Twitter using that hashtag, and it's a lot of fun. We send gifts back and forth. But typically around halftime at the end of the game, we'll sort of compile our thoughts and put out sort of, you know, so we're thinking halftime, you know, read that and then go listen to Geica for sure. Um, I'm not saying don't listen to Geica, but uh, the first half, it felt, Kind of like both teams were sort of swinging for the fences, like lots of long balls over the top, trying to do stuff. There wasn't a lot of cohesive play. And, you know, Lily definitely talked to the guys at halftime, and they seemed to settle down. And that's why I think you saw us come out in the second half and have a much more dominating performance. That said, guys, for literally half the games that we've had this season, we've given up late goals, and this game was no different. Are you at all concerned that the Hounds are giving up late goals in these games, Kev?
2: A little bit, but I think it, it points a bit more towards the subs that Lily makes at the end of the games for fresh legs. I don't know. I don't want to blame it on, you know, the likes of Ash, uh, Ashworth or or maybe Vanquiseal getting a bit tired or or uh, Skyler Thomas who finally gets turned for the third ball, but. If you look at, like, when when they scored, it was essentially our three defenders. They just they lost their individual battles, like, in, in, a, in, a, in a in a pretty poor way. Um, you know, I, the Red Bulls player beats Ashworth, Vonky Zeal, and Skyler Thomas all three in a row. I mean, it wasn't the same Red Bulls player, but the passage of play gets by them all way too easily. Um, they they kind of close them down, but they don't get right on top of them, and they give them a little bit too much space ar- around the 18. But I don't know. It's... Yeah, <laughs> it it, that it didn't seem like that was a goal that we were going to give up in in the previous thing i think also it's the midfielders could have done a heck of a lot better job helping you know coming back and and closing down the space and maybe that they got a bit tired i mean like you know as i referenced before i think kenny was was tired (laughs) for a lot for a large portion of this game i don't even know if he's on the field at that point but um you know there there are tired legs kind of all over the place and and you know, as I referenced before, I'm not super big on the depth of of our bench at the moment. So, I mean, yeah, I, a little bit. Um, and I, yeah, I, I would say it it probably points to a lack of fitness and maybe a lack of depth. Um, yeah, no, it's it's something to be to, to I don't I don't I don't want to say concerned about, but it's it's, it's there. I, I I
0: feel like the the sub. I don't want to call it an excuse. But the sub rationale is um, it's very easy to go straight to that. Um, But that in and of itself, I think is a little bit concerning because we get five subs, everybody gets subs. And so like, we're basically competing, um, you know, with all these other teams that are playing within the same rules and they're still able to get late goals. Now we're still winning these games. I shouldn't say that. I should not say that because we lost (laughs) Indy and we lost the Red Bulls the first time around. Um, But if we get into a situation where we're up four goals and we let in one late, it's not that big of a deal. What I hate to see is we get into situations like Philly, like the first Red Bull, or, or like, um, sorry, Indy, like the first Red Bulls game, where we have a chance to pull out a draw or even a win, and they're able to come back and tie or beat us. Um, and if it is a sub issue, then like that's still an issue in those games, too. So.
1: Yeah, I I honestly don't feel like it's a sub issue. I I do think, in this situation at least, you know we're up by four into the game. People are getting tired, and I I feel like focus just got lost. Um, you know it's kind of hard to be as diligent in the ninety third minute when you're up by four. You're not really as concerned. I feel, um, obviously you want to do your job, but at the same time, it's it's in the bag at that point. You feel so. I can kind of understand what what happened but it, but it is troubling to know that it's happened 3 times now. Uh and it's kind of like okay, what are we doing guys? Like we get we can't let this happen when we're in a close game. Yeah. But in this situation, I'm far more forgiving just cuz they were up by 4. Yeah.
0: So, Josh, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I'm interested in your thoughts as well. We are now six games into a 16-game season, which means we're about 37.5% of the way through. If we have basically our next two games, which are going to be at Indy and at Loudoun, we will officially be halfway through the season. So how are you feeling about this team, about sort of the group, and just sort of how things are shaking out at this point you know, now that we're more than a third of the way through and we're quickly going to get to halfway through.
1: I'm more confident in this team than I have been in any Hounds team in the last, like, man, it's been a while. <laughs> like it's I, I feel like this team is a great team, and there's still stuff to work out. Obviously, there's still some depth things I'm a little bit worried about, but as far as where we're at and how we're performing, and honestly, the group we're in, I have no doubts in this team. Like, I would still be very, very surprised if they don't end the, the group stage at the top. Like, I, I don't see any reason why we won't be in first place by a, a long shot.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only—I don't want to say the only challenge is really—I think is going to be Hartford, and we just haven't seen them yet. So, I mean, once we do see them, we'll have a pretty good measuring stick as to sort of where we'll fall in them. But, like, do either of you think that there's any chance that this team is outside of the top two and therefore misses the playoffs at this point?
2: No. No.
0: I
1: mean, no. I it, I get scared of being confident about things uh, <laughs> when it comes to soccer teams that I support. But I don't see that happening. No. Okay.
0: Good. All right. So confidence level is high. The guys put in a decent, we'll, we'll call it a decent second half performance to put the Red Bulls away in this one. Um, guys, anything else that you wanted to talk about in this game, about this game in particular, before we move on and uh, talk a little bit about Indy on Saturday?
2: Uh, small shout out to even though Velarde hasn't been starting every game, that's not three goals in three game in six games from from him. I mean, for you know, being one and two for a striker is good, let alone you know an attacking midfielder. So uh, yeah, I, I I feel for him a little bit with this kind of. System change where you know we've gone three center backs, three midfielders, two up top with two wings, two with two wing backs. And I think Villardi can get a little bit lost in there. I think you know Lily's tried to I don't want to say force him into but kind of play him out of position in in one of that front two. Um, I don't think that's his best position. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, comes on as a sub, gets his goal, uh, you know, and does really well for it, forces the turnover, presses high, and, and, and slots it away. So um, I think I've, I, if I'm being fair, I've been pretty critical of Velarde over the season and since his time here. I, he's, I think he's a very good player. Um, and uh, and I think, yeah, all things considered, he's having a, a pretty good season so far. I think I
0: would, I mean, when I originally had mentioned the the concept of having just sort of one player up top and then sort of having three attacking mids, my immediate thought was, you know, have a... Have a have those three attacking mids be Robbie Griffin and Velarde and just sort of see what they could do. And that could be very interesting. But, um, again, I don't, I I think that that is a formation shift that you could see based on the opponent that we play and how Lily loves to shake things up. But I also think that Lily has sort of settled into this, like if Duba's healthy, Duba's gonna start. And if Ments is healthy, Kevin, to your point, he's probably one of the top three that's on the score sheet or is on the on the roster right off the bat. So, um, so yeah, unfortunately Velarde has sort of found himself in a spot um, where it's probably gonna be some rotation with him, Danny, and Robbie um, just trying to get some time on the field. So I keep saying Danny, like everybody know there's now two Danny's. Um yeah. <laughs> so like there's Revere and there's Griffin. But um again, it you know, it feels like Griffin has sort of been such this revelation that you know, we're talking about him all the time. And that's not to knock Rivera at all. I think Rivera's had a very good season thus far, which sort of segues into the next point. You know, we're going to Indy on Saturday, 7 p.m. After Indy beat us, and I'll get back to the Rivera thing. Hold on. After after Indy beat us with that Pasher barn burner, they've had four games. They lost to the St. Louis 1-0. They beat Hartford 4-1. to they lost one to, nothing to Sporting KC two, and they drew one one with Louisville. Now, the reason why I sort of segued with Rivera was the last time we played them, Lily's tactic was just to have Rivera man mark Pasher all over the field. Do you guys think that that Lily's going to go into this game with the same game plan as he had the last time around, or do you think we might see something different? Different. I don't.
1: I don't. I don't see Lily doing the same thing twice when it comes to this. <laughs> uh, he's going to try to do something that will get them sh- shook up. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to make it too easy on them. Yeah. Even
0: though it worked so well last time? Did it? I mean, aside from the last <laughs> goal, aside, aside from the 95th minute or whatever it no, was. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, worked, yeah. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't, think, I don't think Lily does the same thing twice.
2: But it does yeah. make me think, like, you know, Rivera did a job. Like... i I will say i think out of all tactical decisions you can make i think having someone who's very athletic man mark another player even if you know it's happening it's very hard to stop because what do you do like you know you, you can try to create space for yourself and but at the end of the day if you have someone just chasing your shadow all the time on and off the ball it's it's hard to plan your way out of that so i think yeah, out of all the tactical decisions you can make, I think man marking is one of the ones that it's it's harder to work your way out of, even if you know it's coming. So I think it's possible, um, but no, I I think if he decides to go differently, I think it'll be because he has enough confidence between then and now of how the team has grown and filled into the system. I don't I don't know. I I think even even with how much lily talked in this in this previous game i do think there are signs that show that this starting 11 this this core group of players are starting to get it are starting to get this system are starting to get the movement i mean the thing i've been really impressed with this season so far with this team in particular is this is the most kind of cohesive i've seen 11 players move for a Riverhounds club and for a river Hounds team in a long time i think i think that the the knowledge of okay if he moves there then i move here and i fill the space and i fill you know and he fills that space i think this is the most advanced we've seen this team for for a while so even with Lilly kind of coaching them from the sideline as much as he has i think they're doing a good job and i think they're getting better so i think if if we see a tactical kind of evolution between the last time we played indy and and this week i think it'll be because they're just playing better and the system's getting better and i think it's possible but uh But no, I wouldn't be surprised if we see another man marking trap on on Pasher.
1: Yeah, and the more I think about it, like, what else can he do? Like, I don't know, like, a better, like, is there a better player to have mark him? Probably not. Is there, like, I guess, like, what you're saying, like, if the system's working a lot better than they're better in that system, but I still think with a player like Pasher, you got to put someone on him. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: it'll be interesting because I think not that it necessarily caught him off guard, but I haven't watched enough of other indie games to see what other teams have used that tactic, but now it's sort of like the cat's out of the bag. Like, you know, we played them once. They sort of know that this is what Lily did. So can you game plan around the fact that somebody could be man marking pasture to potentially open up space for other players? Maybe, but this gets into that whole like chess match between coaches that goes on before and during the game. Um, that we know Lily can play so well that we've seen over the years where he'll go into different games and roll out a lineup and you go, what? And
2: then you see it start to shake out and that's, yeah, it, it ends up e- well over him. Either way, I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure Indy will have a plan for, you know, if Pasture's man marked in plan if he's not. I mean, it's that's not that hard to, to prepare for. Indy has other players? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't
0: aware. <laughs> they have other pretentious looking players with their collar jerseys and cocky attitudes. And you just hate the collar jerseys. That's I it. look, I hate the swagger, I hate the collar jerseys. <laughs> if you look, I stylistically, I actually don't mind collar jerseys. For some reason that look on them, they just yeah, they come off as arrogant and pompous and I really hope we just go and take it to them in this game. So Ah, uh, guys. Uh, <laughs> predictions in this one. How do we, Josh? How do you? How do you think this one shakes out? What do you? What do you think in here?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking we win this one. I, I feel like it's still going to be a tight game, though. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to say one zero. All right, squeaky bomb time, Kev. Yeah. No.
2: I mean, I, I think it was a close game last time, decided by you know one of those. I don't. Wanna, it's not random. It was. A, it was a very, very well hit hit goal. Um, So yeah, I think these are even teams. It's going to be another even match decided by one or two moments. Um, It could go either way. So I'll say, I don't know, 1-1 or 2-2. I'm going
0: to say 2-1 Hounds um, just because the first time we played, I don't think we had Duba back at full health. So I think having him in the midfield to sort of disrupt play Um, and sort of stifle things is going to hamper Pasher even more and potentially play in our favor. But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Um, That's sort of what we think. Obviously, let us know what you think. We'll see if uh, Justin and Steve put together a preview show. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to their preview show for the Red Bulls game on Saturday morning while I was doing work around the house, so make sure that you don't miss those episodes either. There's lots of episodes on the stream. You already know that. Guys... um, Any other thoughts or anything else you want to talk about on this one? Nope. I got nothing. Nothing? All right. Well, it's great to always see the Hounds get a W. Let's hope that we uh, get another one this weekend. The game is Saturday at 7 p.m. at Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, Not that it matters. We're going to watch it on TV anyway. But, uh, yeah, make sure that you catch it on the ESPN The Plus Otherwise, thank you guys and thanks everybody for listening. This is your weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter. Go get that latest Steel Army shirt. Love Pittsburgh, hate racism, Black Lives Matter over at steelarmy.com. Josh, any update on sort of how much you guys have raised through that and donated and anything like that?
1: No, I think uh, we did our first donation of like, what was it, like 750 bucks. And now we're kind of like letting it build back up before we do another donation. Sweet.
0: That's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, other announcement: Make sure you wear that damn mask. Uh, like we said, we got the Mongols masks out there. If you're interested in one and did not get one in the first round, let us know. You know, you can you can message us on Twitter, um, DM us, and uh, and we'll start making a list. And if we get enough people, then we'll go and order more. I already mean, you know a few people have reached out and asked for a few more because they got the ones they they ordered and they love them so much. Um, so we'll just have to see how many we can get because there is a minimum that we have to order first. So, um, yeah, if if you like the show, if you like what we're doing, head over to Mongols.com, click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. All of the money that we get from Patreon goes right into doing things like buying masks that we can then pass out to you guys sort of at a discount as to what we get them for. So absolutely go do that. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at Roughneckscarf.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas. Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team. Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. If you're looking for more great USL news, head over to BGN.FM. Tons of writers, tons of great information that's going on over there. Not just about the Hounds. It's about all the teams in the East and the West and the NWSL and US and MLS. And it's, it it's beyond ridiculous how, how big that network has grown. So if you like soccer at all, go check that out. Tons of great stuff over there. Otherwise, Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.